0: Hey man, and welcome to the Badom Chain with Carl. Howdy my rowdies, and welcome to the Badom Chain with Carl, man. Still feeling really good that comedy's back, you know, for me and for a lot of us. You know, hitting those mics again. Uh, I said it before, it's all about the hang, you know, seeing these faces that you ain't seen in over a year, you know, so the the hang is real and the atmosphere has been great. It's been very positive and very happy to be back. I just got back from a comics lunch uh, just now that me and Chad Ryden have started doing. Uh, Chad was doing, was hosting uh, comedy lunches, lunch for comics since before uh The thing. And so we brought it back, and that was a good hang, man. So, yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just hanging out with comics all the time. It's not the worst thing in the world, you know? How y'all doing out there, man? Hmm? Eh, I bet you're doing okay. You must be doing okay because you're listening to this podcast. Oh, I forgot. If you've never listened to this podcast before, welcome to the Badum Ching. However, you found us, you found us, and I appreciate it, man. Uh, this thing started off as being a uh, podcast about comics that do other forms of art, and obviously I've kind of, uh, we still do that, but kind of trailed off because I really just wanted to showcase Nashville comedians in general because I'm such a fan of the scene. So it's been more of just a showcase in that regard, and uh, I think we I think we do it pretty well. You know, I enjoy it, having fun doing it. So thanks for listening. I really, you know, really appreciate it. For all my guys and gals out there it has been listening. You know, you, you you uh you guys have been great to me. And we we actually hit number seventy four on Apple Podcast chart like last week and that, that was nuts, came out of nowhere. You know, and those things fluctuate all the time. It doesn't really matter, but it just shows how much support I'm getting from you guys. So I appreciate it. Anyway, before I tell you about my next guest, I do want to uh give some information out there as to let you know what's happening with C R three, you know? So check it out. June 10th at the East Room. Carl Roberts Third and Evan Norman present Two Chong's High Five, man. Uh, we're showcasing five outstanding national comedians. we got Josh Black, CJ Walton, Donnie Sangstack, Michael Hampton, Chance Willie. Check it out. Come on down and hang. Some of these guys and gals have been on the podcast before. Some of them haven't yet. But just come check it out. I guarantee it's going to be a banger of a show, man. Very excited about that. Uh, Also, I host and or co-host two mics right now in Nashville. Monday, starting June 7th at the Underdog on Gallatin Pike in East Nashville. I'll be hosting my very first mic uh, solo. And that starts at 7 p.m. June 7th. So come on out to that. I co-host Ultimate Comedy at the East Room with Josh Lewis and soon to be, once again, Sean Parrott, who was episode number one, by the way, on the Bedum Team. So come out to that. That's always a blast. All right. That's enough of me plugging in. So my guest this week is none other than Mr. Brian Bates. Brian Bates has been on the scene for a long time. You know, you probably heard me say that a lot, but he really has, you know, because he's old. He's He's oldish. You might you might recognize his name actually. He he uh, talking about podcasts. He uh, co hosts podcasts with Nate Brigazzi and our friend here at the Bedumshing, Aaron Weber, as well. So check that out. Uh, Brian's great guy. It's always fun uh, just talking to him. He's just a, a sweet gem of a guy, you know. And I always I always uh, uh, make fun or kind of joke around that that Brian sits beside his. <laughs> He sits beside his headshot at Zaney's, right? He really doesn't. But to be honest, I sit beside that because I think that's like the best seat in the house anyway. And what better place to hang uh, than with Brian Bates' picture? That's what I think. Anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend,
1: Brian Bates. You can tell I'm getting older. Um, I was recently diagnosed with sleep apnea. And if you don't know what that is, that's when you stop breathing while you sleep, causing you need to constantly wake up. It's also the only condition that your friends don't think is a real thing. <laughs> I know this because I travel with other comedians, and we sometimes have to share hotel rooms, and when I bring out that CPAP, they got questions. <laughs> they're like, now why do you need that? Because I stop breathing when I sleep. And they're like, well, just don't. <laughs> just keep breathing. One guy tried to show me. He's like, you look, when you lay down, just start like this. You just keep going. Like it was a TED talk. Like I just needed motivation to breathe. I'm getting more forgetful. I forget stuff all the time. You ever texted yourself a reminder and then forget the reminders from you? And get an argument with yourself. Other night, I was going to bed, checked my phone before I went to bed, had a text message from earlier in the day, said, Call Kevin about pest control. I didn't recognize the number. <laughs> so I'm like, Who knew I needed to call Kevin? <laughs> so I texted back, Who is this? <laughs> I immediately got a reply, Who is this? <laughs> It's like, well, that's kind of rude. Um, but this guy was right on top of that text. He was ready. Uh, I was like, wow, he must've just been waiting. <laughs> so then I reply back, no, you texted me first. And he replied back, no, you texted me first. <laughs> and this went on way longer than I'm proud to admit. <laughs> At one point, I called him an idiot, which is basically me calling myself an idiot. The next day, I show it to my girlfriend, and she said, technically, you're both right.
0: Hey, Brian, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? I think I'm okay, man. I'm, doing, I'm feeling better, you know? like feels like things are, are happening, you know, for most people again. So, Looks like he's got a haircut. I did. I just got a haircut, man. It's, it's weird. You know, a little shag thing. I, I, I told the, my guy, I was like, uh, give me the Paul McCartney wings, you know, <laughs> give me give me the 70s mullet where I wanted the mullet. But like I didn't want the, you know, full on uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, you know what I mean? So we did like a, a shag version of that, which I guess would be the McCartney mullet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All the
0: rest of it's linen, but the hair is McCartney, I swear. You know.
1: I need, you need the headband,
0: though. I, I know I usually wear a headband. Yeah, I, I literally just got done or I, I should have popped it on, but yeah, I'll definitely be wearing that too. So,
2: all right.
0: I got to do that. Yeah. It's at this point, I got, it's a thing, you know, if I ever had merch, uh, I'd have to have a headband, right?
1: Yeah. I'd buy one. Would you? I was looking for one here to wear. So when we joined zoom, I'd be wearing one, but mm. I don't have one. Oh, dang. I don't what? need a head. I haven't needed a headband for a while.
0: Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, like, I'll make sure to keep an extra one so next time I see you. you know. Yeah. That'll work. <laughs> Dude, like, I mean, how have you been? Because I haven't really talked to you in, in quite a long time.
1: I know it, man. I don't feel like I've seen you since you I don't know if I've seen you since COVID.
0: No, Sorry. you haven't, man. Like, I think I think I can pinpoint about the last time was either at Zaney's or uh, at the pub for Lucy and Aaron's engagement. Oh, yeah. Uh, thing. You know what I mean? It had to been one of those. Been then the other oh, yeah. time I was hanging out with you. At Zane's, and we happen to be in front of your uh, uh, headshot. I love that. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah And I remember it, uh, at at Lucy and uh, Aaron's engagement, you and Dusty mm-hmm. both. You took your picture together, and-
0: yeah, you took the picture. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You said, yeah, you uh, it's, the, "It's the new, uh, it's the new Cheech and Chong reunion." You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been good, man. I've been good. I mean, stayed healthy. I haven't had COVID. That's great. Uh, Just, you know, can you see me okay?
0: I can. Yeah, you look Uh, great.
1: I got a message saying my internet signal is unstable. I don't know what that means, but.
0: Okay, we'll we'll figure it out. I don't know what that means either. I'm I'm anxious to see what that means. Yeah. It's going to start yelling at us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, man, I'm good. I can't complain.
0: Very cool i kept up with you uh you know just through like social stuff and i, I think I, I told you that uh since your message you had like the funniest video of the whole like pandemic thing you know where you played yourself three months three months uh, later you know and, and you did that with your wife you know and you had the mustache
1: yeah i
0: love that video man it was so funny
1: <laughs> uh, Thanks, man that that was that was fun i wish uh, unfortunately future brian was wrong Ah, yeah he said three months in the future everything's back to normal and that's right he was wrong but that was fun yeah i
0: was i was really rooting for you i was hoping that you know the mustache could have won the day but sadly (laughs) it it perished in in the pandemic
1: (laughs) yeah people kept saying i look like a pedophile or i don't know what other stuff but at least i got a video out of it yeah, and I I
0: you didn't look like a pedophile, man. It was a hardy mustache. I, I support it, you know.
1: Ronnie yeah. Mitchell told me it it took him a while to figure out even how I did it, the video.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I start off the clean shaven and yeah. then the goatee and then the mustache.
0: It's a fair question. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have figured it out either, but like years ago, uh I I found out how they did how they filmed Serpico, you know, the Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. Because he went through that all that whole clean shaven mustache beard,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. so yeah, I don't want to give away your secrets, but I think I know what you did.
1: (laughs) Well, I just shot them out of order. I mean,
0: I'm giving away your secrets.
1: Well, it's not (laughs) rocket science. Uh, That's true. Yeah, people can figure it out. Yeah, man.
0: But you've been uh, what you've been doing? Like you've been coming back, right? Like doing doing shows too.
1: Yeah, I guess I can say that without people getting mad at me. Hope I hope I can. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing Zanies. Um, you know, they got Monday night. They got a Monday night uh new material show that's a lot of fun
2: mm-hmm.
1: where you just get up there and try new jokes. And then Tuesday nights, they often do like a, something similar, Zanies All Stars. So that's been a good way to keep me practicing and getting some stage time. And then I've been on the road some, not a ton, but mm-hmm. I've done a few shows. Those, uh, on the road with Nate Burgatsy some and yeah that's some stuff with him.
0: Starting to do uh or are you gonna be a part of like some of the makeup shows that had the makeup from last oh, year. Uh
1: yeah, I hope so. I mean that's still some of that stuff's still trying to get figured out, but yeah um, I hope so. I'm gonna be uh headlining Zanies on June thirteenth.
0: That's right, man.
1: And so that's fun. I get to do it every so often and
0: Yeah man. That's fantastic.
1: It's going to be a, a four o'clock Sunday afternoon show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know how I feel about that. Cause that seems so weird to do daytime comedy, but <laughs> I've been to some shows there at Zanies and daytime and they, they do good.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I know like Dusty's thing is an afternoon too, right? When
1: Sometimes. On
0: Sundays. Sometimes. Yep.
1: Yeah. I did one. At, uh, I went to that last one. It was four o'clock in the afternoon and it did well, but Dusty's got a big following and. So we'll see, but it's going to be Sunday, four o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, I'm excited about it. I hope I hope people come out. Yeah,
0: and I, I think it's perfect time because like everybody's going to go get their mimosas, and then you know, or their yeah, whatever their Sunday things to do, and then yeah, you're done early, so it's perfect.
1: Yeah, I mean for people who do have to go to work the next day, <laughs> right?
0: Those chumps.
1: Yeah, you're not going to be out too late. <laughs> Ryan, like,
0: I, I'm glad that you, you did this with me because uh, I know that you've been on the scene for a while, but I didn't know, like, mm-hmm. your story, man. Do you mind, like, sharing with me, like, how'd you get started uh, doing stand-up?
1: So I started, um, I took a stand-up comedy class here in Nashville, January 2007. Okay. And it was Rick Roberts, who's local comedian. I saw him today. He's still around. And he mm-hmm. still does a comedy class, and a lot of community, local comedians have taken his class, and I took it, and I thought, oh, this will just be a fun four-week thing. I'll do it, have some fun, that'll be the end of it. Mm-hmm. I took his class, uh, made some friends in the class. We started going to open mics around Nashville. Got a little competitive, as these things tend to do, and we kept, you know – Seeing what we could do, and started putting together our own shows and things like that, and mm-hmm. just kind of took off and I just kept going to open mics and kept going to shows and uh, I mean the scene was a lot different then as far as the venues and the comics there's a lot of turnover in stand-up comedy yeah uh, but um but yeah I just I just I didn't stop I just kept going to open mics and doing local shows and just built from there
0: yeah the bug got you i guess you know
1: yeah yeah i mean i still had a day job so yeah. i did that for uh like eight years um i kept my day job and kept doing more and more and more comedy and then i finally got to the point where i could quit my job and do it full time
0: wow man it's a wild how that like you just look at it one day like wait a minute you know i've been doing this as a hobby and now the hobby's taking over you
1: know. Yeah, yeah. And I got started very late too. Like how old are you now?
0: Uh yeah, I got started late too. I am now forty one.
1: Okay. Well, see, yeah. I was I was thirty-five when I first took that class and I quit my job at 43. Okay. So that's very late uh, you know, for comedy, but it just goes to show it doesn't matter really what what age you are. Yeah. Um you can still do it.
0: That's fantastic, man. Like, well, let us know, man. Uh, because I've asked. Uh, other people on the show i'm I'm such a uh a, not just nashville comedy fan but like i'm very intrigued of uh you guys that helped build this scene and like the stories of what the scene was back then versus now you know like
1: yeah so the people that are still around today that were around then there's very few but chad ryden mm-hmm. chad ryden's kind of like the godfather of nashville comedy <laughs>
0: there you go oh uh,
1: well, he's gonna like that man <laughs> uh Mark and Nunson was already oh. around.
0: You know, I, I called him Mighty Mark and Nunson on one of these things and, and he's he loves it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now he's mighty yeah. Mark.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's been around. He's fun Sean Parrot, I think it started a little bit before I did. Okay. Wow. Um, Brad Edwards was doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh starting to think who else is still. Still around that – I'm forgetting some people, but uh, – well, uh, Renard Hirsch. Yep. Uh, that's, that's the
0: people. dogs. They're, they're shouting for Renard. Once you said it, the dogs are <laughs> going crazy, man. Oh, my God. Uh,
1: Mike James and I started about the same time. Okay. Monty Mitchell started just a little bit after I did. Um, so – and Monty and I are about the same age. Yeah. Then there's so many that come and go like so many like you're like, oh, man, that guy's so funny. He's going to blow up and then he just disappears or things happen. You know, yeah, they move away or their job or life or whatever just happens. You know, um,
0: I, I'm really glad that, that you and so many other people uh, have brought up Brad Edwards in on this thing, because at least people that don't know about him, mm-hmm. they they hear about him enough. Now I have an excuse to get him on. You know what I mean? So I'd yeah. I'd love to pick his brain. I've said this before. Patrick Devine uh, told me if I ever have Brad on the show to ask him two questions. Um, why don't you do music anymore? And why don't you do comedy anymore? <laughs> <laughs> so he wants me to ask him those two questions.
1: <laughs> I don't think I knew Brad did music.
0: Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm learning through through all you guys, you know? So yeah. like, you know, one day yeah I'll have him. It'll lead up to it because you guys have built a, you know, a yeah. basis for that now.
1: Brad is so funny. He's, golly, he's just one of the funniest guys that I feel like I've seen on the Nashville comedy scene.
0: Yeah, and like I, I just missed it. You know, he stopped uh, hosting Easter Room and all that stuff. And right. by the time I started coming around, you know,
1: right, right. Um, yeah, I was trying to think of some other guys. I mean, they, they come and go. You know, Cody Marley. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, Cody's been around forever. I feel like when I first started, maybe he. Did, I think he moved to LA for a while or something. Yeah, he did. So we, I had, he, we had him
0: on here too recently, you know.
1: Okay. You well, yeah, yeah. It. So
0: he's got a great store. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I think he was out there when I first started. So, because I, I don't remember him like the first few years I did comedy, but then when he came back, started coming around, like he knew all these old veterans and because he's been around since the 80s mm-hmm. um, or at least the early 90s, I think. And, um, so he knows everybody
2: yeah
0: he was he was listing all these names to me that i'm like oh i should probably l- learn this you know track these people down too you know like, yeah
1: yeah just- he truly knows like some national comedy legends <laughs> <laughs> and i've got a chance to meet some of those guys but uh yeah. but they were already way past me before i started
0: yeah man it's weird the passing of the torch how fast it can happen i guess sometimes you know
1: yeah i feel like it's like a class like there's everybody's got their own class to some degree and mm-hmm. the turnover's so great so i've seen the nashville comedy scene ebb and flow like i feel like it's really good right now and there's a lot of good comics in town and there's been periods where there just weren't that many people that took it serious and mm-hmm. uh, so i've seen some some good and some bad for sure
0: oh yeah i bet you have like going back when you were starting to i know that there wasn't obviously uh, nearly the amount of mics that there are now back right. in 07 but like when you started doing shows um where did you decide to start doing them and how was the uh like general audience reaction to the shows
1: yeah um so i got on the tail end i'm sure you've heard of the bar car yeah i got on the tail end of that at least i'm glad i got to experience it some um it, it closed not long after i started doing comedy but that was kind of like the place that Tuesday nights that all the comics went to and um, it was kind of the go-to open mic at the time. Like you said, there weren't as many back then. There were a few that would come and go and some local shows, but that was the one go-to local every every Tuesday night, open mic. Mm -hmm. And um, not long after it closed, the guy who ran it reopened another bar Spanky's. Okay. Yep. And that was in South Nashville, and that stayed open for a few years. And that was, uh, that's where Monty Monty was there every Tuesday night, and two <laughs> other guys kind of got their start there. So those are two that I always remember. And then there was just always little, they pop up. There was one out in Hermitage called Big Tony's, <laughs> and then I think it changed its name through the Rusty Nail and stuff like that.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I've I've heard it being referred to as the Rusty Nail.
1: Yeah so Mm -hmm. and they're a lot they're kind of like they are now in the sense that mostly bad sometimes good sometimes fun but you know getting people to come it's always been a challenge yeah man i think the east room which you're part of is is to me the go-to place in town now go to Mm -hmm. mike and there can be some great shows there and um yeah, man. I don't know. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of good, good talent here in in Nashville. I feel like when Nashville started growing and became more than just a music scene. Uh, just it's more of a creative scene now, and just all types of people come here for all types of different things. And um, I don't know, man. It's just I like it now better than I ever have. I'll say that.
0: So you mentioned this earlier. Um It was about you've been doing it around eight years where you decided to quit your day job. Yeah. Um, was there like just a defining moment for you where where you're like, Oh, now's the time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was kind of getting burnt out in my day job. I'd been there forever and I wasn't getting any younger. I was single at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I've been saving my money for forever. And then I was finally like, I think I'm going to do this. And if I crash and burn or starve, I'm only hurting myself. So it's not like I'm letting down a family or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the last six, I planned this out a lot. The last six months I was there at my job. I, I tried to live off just my, um, comedy salary. Oh, okay. And I did it. I did it. Um, at that time I was doing a lot of shows and, um, so my expenses were pretty low. So, yeah. So then I saw finally like, well, I don't know what I'm waiting for.
2: Yeah.
0: because it, There can never be a perfect time, I guess, you know, it's like it's a sink or swim situation, but I applaud yeah. anybody like yourself that takes that risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, even, but even if it is just you, it's still a, a life risk, you know?
1: It is. It is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's risky. Like I think about what if I'd quit my job and Try this right when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. That would have been tough, but thankfully uh, that didn't happen. And I got you know it took a while to get my f- my feet on the ground and kind of get my new routine. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm glad I did it.
0: Who were like some of your uh, influences for for writing when you were starting out? You know, when you're well, starting to find when you're starting to find your voice. I guess
1: I didn't you were well, you a big comedy fan growing up? You know,
0: I I don't remember like being I was more like I loved comedies and I loved I would watch stand up. You know, I watched a lot of I knew about a lot of the stand up, but I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna be a stand up comedian one day. You know, it was more like I was a Cheech and chong fan more than anything. Right. right. I, I didn't know if you could tell, but you know, but like <laughs> you know <laughs> I that stuff, yeah. And like three Suges and stuff like that, you know. It was, oh yeah, three was some of my favorite stuff, you know?
1: Yeah, man. I didn't watch stand-up gr- comedy growing up that much. Um, I I only knew the people that everyone knew that, you know, that had specials or TV shows, the Seinfelds, Roseanne. Mm-hmm. I knew the biggest names. That was it uh, until I got into stand-up. So I didn't have a lot of influences in that regard. Now, once I started, and since then I've, I've had – influences and even people locally i mean rick roberts who i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. who i took the class with he's still a good friend of mine and and i think i um i probably thought stand-up comedians were so weird i wouldn't even be able to communicate with them but he was (laughs) just a normal guy and he uh i mean we're all weird don't get me wrong but you know i could talk to him and have a conversation with i'm still friends with them. yeah 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 and uh, I remember the first time I saw uh, Nate Bargatze at Zaney's, I had heard of him, uh, knew who – that's about all I knew who he was. And then he blew me away the first time I saw him on stage at Zanies. Mm-hmm. He was so funny, and he had such unique delivery and his material. And I just thought he was, you know, so great. There's another guy who was on the scene when I first started who was very funny, Jesse Case.
0: I've heard the name. You know, I see. I see his tweets and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and he's still in Nashville, and uh, he was so funny, still is. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he was another guy that you could just tell was really talented. Um, Keith Alberstadt. He's a guy that uh, he lives in New York now. He's been in New York for a while, but started in Nashville. He was very funny. Yeah, that's a, that's
0: a name that also keeps coming up.
1: Yeah. 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 He's had some late night sets. Uh, Tim Northern. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, started in Nashville. Very funny guy. Um, so all those guys showed, like, if you write a lot and get out there and put in the work, you could make it. You could yeah. do it. But, you know,
0: and that that was the thing that was always just so intangible for me. It's like I always just assumed it was like a secret society, and mm-hmm. like only you know, like only you had to know somebody to even like try it. So I just right. never thought about trying it, you know. And then I meet Josh Wagner, and then everything changed. You know,
1: <laughs> is that how you got into it?
0: Yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird way of getting around to it. But yeah, I just when I moved uh, to the east side, twenty sixteen uh the first guy i met at the at the pub which was like three blocks from my house i just walked over and it was josh you know
1: village tavern
0: uh village pub village over pub there, yeah yeah, yeah. around the east side and uh yeah and that i didn't know that like two years after that you know we would be good friends and then he got me to come to the east room you know because i was bugging him about it. it's like well, what shall i do where should i go you know how do i do this you know
1: yeah that he's was a- him. Have you talked to him lately? I, I sent him a text
0: uh the other day because I realized I haven't talked to him in a little while. Yeah, you know, it's just like miss your buddy, you know. But uh I
1: hope he's doing well. He's another one that's just so funny, so talented.
0: Yeah, man, like he's a nut. And if I can't, I can't I can get Wagner's good for like one uh real text back, you know, I'd be like, hey man, mission, you. you know, and have like miss your buddy. But if I say anything else, then that Wagner, you know, cut you down. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the smart like would come out. Yeah. Like, there he is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he's good for one sincere text, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I he's, think he's uh, doing okay.
1: Good, man. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, Nashville, it's gotten better about, most of the time I've been doing comedy here, Zanies has been really the only opportunity. Yeah. And I know for the most part, it still is in many ways. It's the big dog, but... There are other places now, uh, either clubs like the Comedy Bar or Third Coast whenever it reopens. But mm-hmm. then everybody's putting on independent shows now. Like, good – you can just find a good space and put on a show. And
2: Yeah, that's true. You
1: don't have to have a comedy club. So there's a lot more opportunities now uh, to try to break in and make it.
0: Right. And, and least, Yeah, like you said, to at least try and and all the opportunities for, like, just to be on stage and get that stage time in, you know, yeah. versus like when you started, you know what I mean? It's just like, especially right before, you know, like in 2019, there were so many mics you could go like most every night, you know, yeah. if you wanted. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's so many of them and you could get on stage if you hustle sometimes two or three times a night. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: and that's, that's one thing I hope people realize is like Nashville has a lot of talent and a you know, and they were help helping sustain, you know, visibility. You know, I, I really think, and I think a lot of people do, that Nashville is going to pop off as being like a big comedy scene. You know
2: what I
1: mm-hmm, mean? Mm-hmm. So I like, think that too. I think, I mean, obviously a lot of these LA comics are, have moved to Nashville since the pandemic hit. Right. Some people like that. Some people don't. <laughs> Um, yeah
0: and you know i'm I'm riding right in the middle you know what i mean it's it's fine you know but like yeah <laughs> it's funny yeah, to like draw yeah. the line in the sand. you know it's like
1: yeah <laughs> i mean i i personally like it yeah uh, um i feel like uh you know the saying the rising tide lifts all boats right i feel like um a lot of good you know professional comics come to town you get to see how they operate and learn from them and how they do it and maybe they make you better because you want to impress them or whatever, you know, whatever it
0: is. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to rise the standard, you know, of, yeah. of comedy and that's not a bad thing, you know? No. They're no. Like, oh, they took my job. I was like, did they, did you have that headlining national yeah. touring spot? And they just took it away. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably not, probably not the case.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, so th- that's I, agree with
1: you. I think Nashville's just, I mean, it's growing so much and I just feel like, more opportunities are going to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think about like, um, I've seen some crazy stuff. I mean, Mark and always been kind of the same guy he is now just <laughs> kind of funny. Doesn't give a crap kind of ironic comedy. Mm. Um, I've done numerous shows with him where he got most of his laughs by making fun of me. Okay. And very often, when if we're on a show together, uh, he'll he'll want me to go up first. Oh, of course they
0: would. Yeah, yeah.
1: They've already seen me, so he can then make fun of me after the fact. Yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) I I can remember uh, Chad Ryden when he had hair.
0: Wow. Yeah, I've just seen. I've heard stories about it. You know.
1: Legends are true. Yeah. And it's funny because
0: those two in particular, they've been big supporters of this podcast. So I I guarantee you they're going to be listening to this. So yeah. Wow. I didn't know Chad had hair. (laughs) Like really? Yep. He had
1: hair back when I had more hair. Um, Whoa. So long time ago. Mm. Long. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Long time
0: ago. Well, man, like I'd be, I'd be amiss um, to bring this up to you. So you mentioned uh, seeing, Nate at Zanies, at what point did you uh, guys become friendly and what led to um, the Nate Land podcast?
1: Um, so Nate was living in New York when I first met him, but he was coming to Nashville a lot just to visit family. He'd be home for Christmas and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he'd want to go out to mics and stuff. And we kind of just became kind of hit it off. We're both big Vanderbilt sports fans, and there's not very many people not very many Vanderbilt sports fans around.
0: Mm, that's true. Actually, the guy who cut my hair, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt fast. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's the other one.
1: <laughs> huh, there's, there's three of us.
0: There's three of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we just kind of, you know, had some stuff in common, uh, did clean comedy and uh, we just kind of hit it off, became pals. And, and then he, I mean, he was already doing great when I met him but he continued to get bigger and bigger and then eventually he started taking me on the road with him and opening for him a lot on the road and he moved to LA and then he moved back to he moved to Nashville almost the exact uh same day that I quit my job oh wow uh moved back to Nashville so that was a coincidence but that was great so now he's back in Nashville and and I started going on the road with him and I've been doing a bunch of shows with him last five years or so. And then about this time last year, you know, we're all stuck at home during the pandemic. Can't do anything. He was like, I'm thinking about starting this podcast and, uh, you know, just have something to do. And then he asked me to be a part of it. And I think originally he just wanted me to be like a producer who chimed in occasionally. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I chime in more than occasionally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> We're all kind of just, I mean, Nate's obviously the guy, but yeah, me yeah. and Aaron Weber, are both co-host.
0: Um, I know recently y'all did the, that live uh, yeah. version at Zany's, right? How'd that, how'd that go? Man? I was, I wish oh, I was,
1: was fine. Good. We didn't know what to expect. Cause I never done a live podcast. I've never, even, I never right. even seen a live podcast. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect, but I mean, it was great. The, they laughed at everything we said and, <laughs> um, you could tell that they listened to the podcast because they knew the inside jokes. And, um, I mean, I was afraid it would just be fans innate Nate that loved to stand up, but didn't really know the podcast, but it didn't seem to be the case. It seemed like it was people who generally liked the podcast. And oh, that's fun! That's so great, yeah. man. It had
0: been just like butter at that point.
1: It was so much fun. Um, Yeah. So, the podcast is fun. It's given us something to do the last year, and um, yeah, so building some fans and yeah, man, growing and
0: it's fantastic
1: stuff like that.
0: Man, yeah. like I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. Uh, just that idea of like clean comedy, because like yeah, I, you know, it didn't take me long uh, after I started that. Uh, I had one experience that really changed my, my mind on everything, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, there was a kid there you know at a mic and like Mm. he was going up and like other comics you know were saying the most burned down stuff because you know like why not the mom's there too it's okay but from that experience i'm like i'll have to be prepared for like a curveball situation so that inspired me enough that and the fact that i mean let's be real it's harder to write clean it's hard it's more challenging let's put it that
2: way
1: and so i
0: ever since then and i was like back in 2018 when that happened, like, I I think if I say a dirty word or whatever, it's for just a very specific punch. But other than that, I write clean. Oh, that's (laughs) good. It's just more fun for me to do, you know. And like, I think Seinfeld talks about that a lot, too. It's "It's harder to write clean. I think it is in many ways. So what's your take on it?
1: Yeah. um, What mic was it that a kid was at?
0: And believe it or not, uh, Anaconda Vintage, which was uh, the clothing store and Mary J. Berger was hosting this mic. They only lasted for like two months, but this, this little next to the East Room. Uh, no, this was uh, to where Grammys is now. It's behind oh, yeah, 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 it's behind yeah, yeah. Grammys, close to the East yeah. Room. Yeah, but yeah, there was a kid there, you know, and yeah. uh, that changed the whole perspective for me, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. It was still fun to watch like other comics do their burn down stuff, and they do it like right in his face, you know. And the mom yeah. and everybody, you know, the kid didn't seem to mind at all. But for me, I was like, I want to be. I accepted the challenge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm kind of riding wait, wait. with
1: that. Did you say burn down stuff?
0: Yeah, yeah, like you know, just cussing and like the most yeah. dirty stuff. They're most dirty jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I didn't, what? I don't know that term.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know either. Maybe I made that up. <laughs> I always just call oh, it burn okay. down. Saying it. It's burn down I'm, comedy, I'm, you know?
1: I think, I think writing clean is harder. Um, now, for me, it'd probably be harder for me to write dirty because that's not the way I generally talk or think. Yeah. And it would seem weird for me to say it, but, gen- but yeah, it is harder. To write clean, I think for the most part. But boy, if you can do it, it leads to more opportunities because corporate work or uh, even hosting like at Zanies or somewhere like that, they want you to be clean. Yeah. Um, even if the headliner's dirty, they still want his op- the openers <laughs> to be clean because they want to be the one that's dirty.
0: Yeah, right. It's not their fault. Yeah, I get that. You know.
1: Yeah. 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 So if there's some shock value, they want to be the ones doing the shocking. Yeah. So. There's a lot of advantages to being clean, I think, as far as getting work. Nate says one of his biggest accomplishments is when people say, I didn't even realize you were clean until you yes. pointed it out.
0: Yes, exactly. And like, I, you know, when I said Three Stooges and, and teaching John, I was, the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, I was exposed to a lot of stand up growing up. And one guy in particular was Sinbad. And mm-hmm. he had uh, Afros and Bell Bottles special that came out in like early 90s. And he was, it was all about the 70s. And it was one of my favorite things to watch, you know? Yeah. And then like, I didn't think about it, that it's entirely clean, but yeah. it's so fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah, same with Seinfeld obviously, but yeah, that special in particular. Yeah. Was, was one of my favorites coming up, you know, I was probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 when, when that came out, you know,
1: Do you have like, um, I still don't, if people ask me, what's your style of comedy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't really even still have a good answer. No,
0: anymore. you know, cause like I, i like i might have a story i might just have jokes i don't really know you know i i i will tell you brian that i have been um writing a lot of just jokes and i, I really enjoy the structure of of a joke and just trying to i guess because uh coming up i was my uh favorite subject was english not literature but breaking sentences down you know like grammar
2: yeah so I,
0: it's really been really fun for me um thing i discovered over the pandemic that to write like one-liners or just two-liners here you know there um and to take those kind of like a la rodney dangerfield and stick them into a subject you know so if you're you're talking about anything you know you have like five jokes that you can hit about that one subject and then move to the next subject so i'm experimenting with that kind of stuff yeah uh, right now but yeah i don't really have a label, you know, I can't say, oh man, I'm just like blah blah blah. You know, right. I probably look like Mitch Hedberg or sound like him sometimes by trying to be him.
1: You yeah. Know? When I first started doing comedy, uh there were so many Mitch Hedberg impersonators.
0: Yeah. it was he was a big one for me, I ain't gonna lie, uh in college.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: to the point that like I had a friend this before I even heard Mitch Hedberg, I had a friend that talked like him. And I think I adapted that talk from my friend because like I like the way he uses those inflections
2: mm-hmm.
0: in his voice, and so I think I was talking like that for a long time. And then I heard Mitch;
2: <laughs>
0: he, he took his, uh, he took his thing, you know. So especially when I started doing stand up, it was a, very hard for me to not deliver in that way because it, it was yeah. such a big, just day to day influence for me. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. But it was
0: never, and if anything, I'm trying to get away from it as much as I can.
2: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Dude, I know you got to run. I don't want to keep you uh, much longer, but I really appreciate you hanging out, man. Uh, before we go, can you let the people know where they can find you online, my man?
1: Yeah, so I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Brian Bates Comic, I think on all three. And um, my website's Brian Bates Comedy. And um, yeah, I guess that's it.
0: And June 13th, right? Headline yep. Zanies here in Nashville.
1: Zanies, yep.
0: All right, bro, I'll see you soon, man.
1: All right, man. Take care.
2: All right.
0: And there it was, guys. We did it again, man. Thanks to Brian Bates for hanging out with us. And as we said, catch Brian at Zaney's Sunday, June 13th. He's doing an afternoon show at 4 p.m. Go check him out, man. You can get tickets right now at nashville.zaney's.com. As always, thanks for listening to the Badum Ching with Carl, man. Now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all those places, man. Wherever you're listening, appreciate it. Uh, do me a favor. And click that like, click that subscribe, give us a review, let us know how we're doing. You can always email me too, man, cr3comedy at gmail.com. Follow me on on the Twitter and the, the Instagram at cr3comedy. You can follow the podcast at cr3podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my rowdies. Until next time, see you later.